In the summer of 1978, a trucking company drove across North Carolina, secretly dumping a toxic liquid along stretches of rural roads. The contaminants initially came from a transformer repair company who hired the so-called midnight dumpers to get rid of the liquid. In the end, the truck drivers illegally contaminated 240 miles across the state. They spewed 31,000 gallons of oil filled with a cancerous chemical called polychlorinated bifenyls, or PCB. The culprits were eventually thrown in jail, but North Carolina's state government was left with a problem. What do you do with all that soil filled with PCBs? There wasn't yet a way to detoxify it, so the state decided to dump the contaminated soil in a landfill. But where could they put 60,000 tons of earth? One option was a site in Alabama that had already been approved by the EPA as a landfill for hazardous weights. But the state said moving the soil would be too costly. So instead, they built a landfill in their own backyard in rural Warren County. Little did they know this decision would spark an environmental movement. There was a strong outcry right off the bat. And everyday people came together to protest the siting of the landfill. They felt it was injustice done by the very government that was supposed to protect us to explore the situation. Reverend William Kearney is an associate pastor at Coley Springs Baptist Church in Warren County. And I grew up in Warren County, not too far away from uh, where the landfill was sited. Today, Reverend Kearney researches health and wellness in rural communities. He also gives tours in Warren County about its environmental activism and the protest of the PCB landfill. Most of the folks who protested didn't want it to happen in anyone else's community too. So they really wanted to send a message globally that uh, we all have a voice when it comes to uh, social environmental justice issues. So why did the state government choose Warren County? It's believed because Warren County was uh, considered poor, it was rural, and it had a large percentage of uh, African-American population So uh, people felt that because it was mostly a black community, considered politically impotent, that uh, we were exploited. As soon as the state government designated Warren County as a site for the landfill, residents and organizations like the NAACP began to sue. They said the landfill would pollute the water and hurt an already shaky local economy. But the state didn't budge. And in 1982, they got the green light from the EPA to start digging. That's when protesters took to the streets. The protesters were told not to block the trucks. They're now lying in the streets now, blocking one truck, moving into the landfill. They're refusing in order to move. And they are being arrested one by one. We will not allow one county to become a dump site. The State Highway Patrol began moving in on the marchers as they approached the entrance to the state landfill. The signs and chants of the protesters made clear their opposition to having the toxic chemical buried in their county. In September 1982, that uh, 
first truckload arrived at the landfill. During that day, there were about four to 500 protesters. 50 were arrested on that day. And protesters were trying to block the movement of the trucks. Some were lying in the, in the roadway and lots of them were carrying banners and signs. And among those who were arrested were even juveniles, senior citizens. And the protests didn't stop the sighting of the landfill, but at least it helped minimize the sight of it, the size of it. Do you think that it helped make that landfill any safer to the extent that any landfill for PCBs can be safe? The state had said that this was a safe site. It, it, it got waivers from EPA to plant it there, even though there was concerns about the water table. It was only like 13 feet or so beneath the, the landfill, and that was uh, not up to uh, EPA standards. So uh, there was always questions about the safety of the site. And as a matter of fact, within uh, a period of time afterwards, it began to uh, bubble up and be- accumulate water. So they had to 13 feet of water in the site. So it was always concern about the safety of the site and believe that even though it was, wasn't safe, it was pushed and in, in, in planted in Warren County because maybe people thought Warren County wouldn't really push back. But Warren County did push back. And it wasn't just local residents who lined the streets, blocking the truckloads of PCB-contaminated soil. They were joined by civil rights leaders from across the country, helping to attract national media attention. Part of the group's message was to show that this landfill was an example of environmental racism. The blending of civil rights, social injustice, and environmental health, all this was new at the time. And it helped birth a cause that came to be known as the environmental justice movement. That movement sought to address environmental inequities in mostly low-income areas and communities of color. Warren County was unique in that uh, we as Blacks had always resisted racial injustice, but it brought racial injustice and environmental injustice in the same movement. And so it it highlights the fact that many of our communities, black communities, were being targeted with landfills and other unhealthy uh, businesses. And historically, we as black people were so focused on our social justice, we didn't have time and energy for environmental justice. So to merge the two in Warren County and, and put black faces on the front line, everybody had a part to play. The protesters didn't stop the landfill from being built in Warren County, but their actions did cement them in environmental history. Ironically, that sometimes goes unrecognized right there in Warren County. Many of the everyday people who took part in a bigger protest don't realize the impact of what we did in Warren County. So they still see ourselves as impotent and without a voice. And so I hope that uh, helping highlight uh, what happened in Warren County, how the movement has made impact around the globe and how other people celebrate the fact that Warren County birthed the movement, but we haven't seen that yet. As a way to amplify Warren County's history, Reverend Kearney has been documenting the stories of folks who took part in the protest nearly 40 years ago. Here's Terry Alston Jones telling a part of her story during an interview in 2012. She participated in the protest when she was just a teenager. 
I was never afraid. Even when we would lie out in front of the um, the trucks and they would just stop. We would, when we were in roles and, you know, they told us, don't say anything, don't talk, don't be disobedient, just lie there. So they would come and pick us up and carry us to a bus. I believe they had a, a big bus and they took us to jail. One thing though, and I often tell my daughter, they told us that we would not have a criminal record, that we wouldn't have a, you know anything on our background. But some years later, I, when jobs started doing criminal background checks, it came up. And um, Vance County called me for a job and they said, but there's one thing showing up in your background and they don't know what it is. And I said, in my background? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> and um, that's what it was. Impeding traffic is the charge. So I never, you know, they said, well, you should see about getting that expunged. Right. But I said, no, I'm going to leave it there, you know, because this was for a cause. Good and for you. So whenever I interview and somebody asks me what it is, I have the opportunity to tell them that I was in, engaged in the protest for PCB. I didn't look at it as, I never imagined it would be what it is today. I never imagined, um, ever thought about an environmental justice movement. We were just reacting on what we thought was the right thing to do. The protests continued in court battles after the landfill was built. Again and again, residents continued to raise the alarm about the soil's risk to their health. Meanwhile, the Warren County protest inspired activists to look at other environmental injustices. In 1987, the United Church of Christ commissioned a report called Toxic Wastes and Race. In it, they validated Warren County's claim of environmental racism and showed a strong correlation between the placement of toxic waste facilities near communities of color across the country. The North Carolina state government promised detoxification of the PCB landfill as soon as the technology became available. But that process was slow going. In the end, it took 20 years for the site to be detoxified. And in 2003 is when there was a celebration on site to celebrate the detoxification of the site. So there was a remediation, but there's still concerns from our residents about what happened during the period that this, uh, these toxic uh, chemicals were dumped along the roadway, hauled into Warren County, then sited in Warren County uh, relative to health of the residents and the health and environment. There hasn't been any real true tracking of the health impacts, environment impacts. So I hope that going forward, there'll be opportunities that we can revisit and begin to assess the health of our community and our people during that period and even now. What's the state of trust in government today? There's been created a whole lot of distrust. But I like to say that we are, we are the people and the government represents the people. And that's why I think Warren County's story is so powerful. Just everyday people stood up against government and the powers that be. Even though the site was still placed in Warren County, it was reduced in size and, and later remediated with questions. So um, I say to 
those who see issues or see concerns, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And uh, in, in Warren County, we see that just everyday people, if we were had a single voice around an issue, we could make a difference. From my perspective, what drives me is I like our community to move from this victim mindset to, hey, we got dumped on, but we birthed a movement. Now let's move to from victim to victor. Now, how do we use our our legacy, our history, our movement to empower ourselves? Other people have written about us, talked about us. Now we, everyday people, we got to tell our story and own it.